So what's, what's the one thing right now that's sort of causing you the most grief? For some people, it might be their website. For other people, it might be, you know, upping their, their social media game. For others, it might be, you know, I need more positive reviews. So it really is kind of determining like where you are at in that process. Growing a business in the 21st century requires a digital marketing strategy that will meet your clients where they are. But if you're a busy closing agent with limited resources, where do you start? I spoke to Dean Colora, a title agent turned marketing consultant, about digital and social media marketing. He shared tips on getting started, what strategies work and why, and new marketing tools designed specifically for the industry. I'm Amanda Farrow, and this is Title Talks. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for like taking time out of your busy schedule, like you're saying, yeah. between the garden and, you know, running your business. Well, that's not an excuse. <laughs> 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 no, this stuff, I, I, this is actually part of, I got, I, I'm really passionate about this kind of stuff. So you want me to just to dive in? Yeah, let's go. Okay, cool. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Um, appreciate it. My, uh, my name is Dean Kalora. I am the CEO and co-founder of Title Tap, and we work specifically with title agents and attorneys across the country focused on their online marketing. So we have an online marketing platform uh, that helps out with things like websites and social media and things like that. Uh, we all come from the space. I actually worked uh, for a title agent for about 10 years and became a licensed realtor, been active for about 14. Uh, so really speak the language and we kind of come at our approach uh, with that first and then build the technology around um, around the industry. So it's, uh, it's been fun and we really enjoy helping, helping customers out a little bit. I guess you, you had asked me to kind of share a fun fact. Uh, not many people know. I also got licensed as a real estate auctioneer. And so I am, um, sadly, I never got to nail the fast talking, um, uh, aspect of auctioneering. I, I tried and just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get it to roll. Uh, but it was a great experience. And I worked for a real estate uh, auctioneer firm for a little while and got a, a different aspect of, of selling uh, experience. So it was really, really neat. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it's been fun. Uh, so yeah, a little bit about me, ready to, to kind of dive into the conversation. That's awesome. Um, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's done auctioneering before, but that sounds like a, a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Maybe we can get you to do a little um, sampling later. Dust it, off. Dust, dust, dust it off a little bit. Yeah. Well, so when it comes to the title industry specifically and what you're doing now, working with, the, with title professionals and helping them with social media, what is your assessment overall of the industry and how many would you say are actually focused on growing digital presence on social media and how many people are active and what's your general like assessment of, of that right now? You know, it's interesting. So it's definitely evolved. I would say heavily over the past two years prior to that, it was really hit or miss and there was more miss than, than hit when it came to customers understanding like the relevancy of it, why it matters, really, you know, understanding any kind of ROI related to, you know, social media period. So a lot more education happening then as to why you should care. Now, 
I feel the market's really evolved where there is a an understanding and an awareness of its presence and that you what you find is most most customers actually have some kind of, of presence social, on social media. It may not be current, it may not be optimized, but they have some kind of presence. So that's, a, that's in my opinion, a win in just the evolution of, of the awareness of social media. That said, uh, I would say what we are experiencing now with uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus has really elevated, I feel, the um, the need to be communicative on social in addition to like a website presence. Uh, so I'm finding a lot of customers leaning into their technology a bit more as a stream uh, and bullhorn, if you will, for communication because they've, they've had to, to survive. So, you know, it's definitely an interesting time. We're getting a lot more questions that are better questions on how to leverage social uh, and their online presence, which is really exciting. So would you say COVID-19 has really pushed the conversation in the industry more so from convincing people that they need to be doing these things and now it's become more of a, how do I do this type of conversation? Cor cor correct. Yeah. It's, it's no longer, uh, um, you know, conversations around why you should do it more like, how do I do it? And how do I do it, you know, in a way that, that is going to be relevant to my market. Right. And obviously title companies, uh, title company owners and closing agents are, are really busy doing, you know, their core function, which is coordinating closings for real estate deals. Um, so other than time, what are some of the biggest challenges you hear people say that they have in the industry, getting started on social media or staying current with social media or continue, continuing to use those channels for communication and for, you know, lead generation and just building their business in general? Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's probably a, a, a combination, really. What we see a lot of is it's a combination of, of con like understanding or knowing where to find content or, or what kind of content is really going to match their market and create engagement and, you know, really spark a conversation that combined with consistency. So they might, we find, be good at getting engaged you know, in the beginning part of a month, but you know, for most folks, as the month cranks on, into the month is a pretty busy time for most title agents and attorney agents. So the wheels tend to fall off at that point. And then before you know it, you've got other things that have sort of snowballed into your agenda and schedule. And next thing you know, the last post you did was like two or three months ago, right? So it looks like you're kind of stale on social. So I think it, the combination of just relevant content and, and really understanding how to, to make it part of your process to stay consistent are probably two of the biggest challenges I see for most. And do you, do you find that many companies, do they have the budget or the ability to outsource this kind of stuff? Do they have their own marketing teams? What does that kind of look like in the industry? Yeah, currently it's, a, it's, really, it's really mixed. What, what we find is there's, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of agents will start so with social personally. So they'll have a personal page that they'll then try to pepper in uh, uh, their business uh, in that personal page. They'll have employees that again, you know, try to engage. It's starting personally because that's generally where the networks uh, uh, start. 
And, and so we saw a lot of that. And the last couple of years, people have you know, gotten more into building out a corporate page and a business page and really um, putting a bit of focus uh, on that, uh, which, is, which has been, been great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, again, if, um, if, if they could do it uh, in a way where they could hire out I've, we've seen that, but part of the, the concern several have had is, you know, we've, we've hired someone that un, doesn't understand our space and the content they were posting, again, going back to content, was not relevant. So they were, you know, posting about things that had nothing to do with, with what we do. Uh, and that seems to be a, a fear factor. We had, one, we had one example where an agent had called us hysterical, like she was freaking out. Um, and she had a contractor that she had hired uh, for social and she was a conservative person. And, and so she's very, you know, nice lady has run her, her agency for 25 years. And like the content that was posted was a little explicit. And so she immediately got phone calls and was like, uh, did someone hack your account? Like, this is not, seem like you and she didn't know what to do I mean she was literally in tears on the phone so we uh we helped her you know clean some stuff up and take take posts off but you know, at that point a little bit of damage is done and you have to go out and kind of fall on your sword for people so right. really understanding I think you know if you are going to go that route who it is you're hiring what their experience has been and really setting some structure around what what the protocol is for content I think is super important but no, I, you know, most, most agents that I talk to try to do it themselves. Um, and then just, I think, realize if you don't have some kind of internal process built into that, it's really hard to, to keep up with it. So, yeah, I think that segues pretty nicely into my next um, question then, which is about some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen title companies and law firms make when it comes to uh, websites and social media marketing specifically is there are there any other examples that you have regarding you know kind of big no-nos that you've seen on social yeah, yeah don't, don't be careful making um staff own the accounts and, and i'm not saying there's a lot of great team members out there but even in an amicable you know transition where someone is is moving on to a different company to change ownership of those accounts is really difficult it takes time. Um, and if anyone's tried to contact any social platform by phone, it's little, literally like non-existent. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, set it up right from the beginning. Um, you know, you as the owner should be the administrator on the account and, and be the owner of the account uh, just to keep it consistent. So that's, that's the first one. We just talked about making sure you qualify if you are going to hire out. Um, and when you do qualify, uh, set the parameters, set the tone for what's acceptable content and what's not. And outside of that, what we've seen is if you're doing it on your own, um, there's there, we don't see enough uh, where the posts are really tagging uh, either customer groups or individuals uh, to increase engagement, nor is there like a lot of engagement on the posts that your followers or your customers might be doing on their pages. And um, if you've done a little bit of analysis on the power of that, it's, it's pretty significant. Like, especially when you're a contributor on somebody else's post, um, it tends to spark curiosity. And if you've got some thought leadership behind that, 
great if it's like a, a business topic, but even if it's like a congratulations for a, a life event or something like that, it just shows that you're, you, you know, you're looking outside of your box and you're, you're caring. Um, and it, that kind of goes a long way. That stuff doesn't get forgotten. Like visual candy tends to go a lot farther too than just text. Uh, when posting. So that's why like memes are very popular and things like that. So yeah, certainly, you know, peppering in some, some fun stuff is, is highly encouraged. Yeah. And I think that's where understanding how Facebook will also suppress the reach of certain types of posts as well. Like a linked post, a post with a linked article is not going to get as much reach. Even if you have thousands of followers, only like a like 10% of those followers will see a lot of your posts and that's suppressed even further if it's just a link. Whereas like you were saying with video and um, photographs, those definitely perform much better if you're interested in getting, you know, more reach and more engagement. Correct. And I think that's part of the, the challenge too, Amanda, is like the rules of the game change a lot. They change often. So it's really difficult we find for a lot of agents to keep up with that, you know, cause that the rules change all the time. So that, that is another area of concern and, um, you know, a, a, I guess a gap that we, we see a lot of customers struggle with. When it comes to messaging, how can title companies communicate better through their website and other owned media channels like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those, um, what are some things that title professionals, you know, maybe need to be saying right now during COVID-19 concerns, if those are still lingering? Yeah, I think it, it really starts with understanding your audience first and really getting a handle on the kind of content they, they care about. Um, and an easy way to kind of look through that is that if you, you have uh, customers that have social media, a social media presence, you know, look at the kind of stuff they're posting, look at the kind of stuff they're engaged with. That'll kind of give you a quick topical layer of, of content that they might be interested uh, in following and, and engaging with when you post. So, um, you know, I think it is a mix of market information, um, especially if it's local, like the hyper local stuff always wins. Like the national stuff is, is good. People will see it, but they really care about where they are. Right. So, um, and their situation and what really pertains to them personally. So the more you can, curate localized content, I'd say the mileage of that goes, goes far, you know, farther than, than just kind of national trends, if you will. Um, the other thing too, and we talk about this a lot, especially within social, is that if you are, we see this all the time, like a lot of, uh, we saw this more when you could actually have, you know, a closing in person uh, and uh, more frequently. And, and so you saw where, you know, at a closing table, a person takes the picture and you know, that the title agent then posts um, to their page, hey, you know, great closing with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We always advocate, you know, it's, 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 it's better if you could take the picture with their phone. Now, I know that's a little harder these days, uh, but having them post any kind of content on their personal network page and then tag your business is like gold for the business because now you've got exposure to their personal network and they're touting the great experience. And then if you, they've got a, a, you know, a brother, a sister, a cousin that's interested in, in, in finding a, a closing company uh, or buying or selling a home soon, they're going to see you know, your, your brand name there and the great experience that they had. And instinctively, they're going to click on that and want to learn more information. Um, so from a, a, a market perspective and, and from a, 
a business operation perspective, kind of sharing the wins, that's, that's a suggestion. As far as like what's going on with, with the current times uh, with the, the virus and, and your COVID-19 response plans, absolutely have to keep up with those. I mean, they're changing all the time. They've changed significantly, obviously, since March. Uh, and so uh, we find that a lot of people will update um, their internal operations, but forget to post what changed online. And usually your, your, your customers, especially today, that's where they go first is, uh, is your website and some of your social media to see what's going on. Um, certainly true for those that are kind of in the throes of a transaction, right? Cause it's, it's an emotional time, a lot of moving parts. And, and so, uh, they're very sensitive to making sure that their deal stays alive and is closed on time. So, Things like your hours, what to expect, uh, you know, when they start a transaction and kind of walking them through the process, I think is extremely helpful. How you intend on handling signing. I know that there's been sweeping legislation right across the, the country with uh, Ron and just hybrid closing options. And, you know, even if folks are coming to the office, you know, having the, the, the glass up and, and the distancing. So having something for everyone is really, really helpful. Uh, having options, we say, is like the perfect, you know, recipe for uh, your success because you've got something for everyone. You're meeting them kind of where they are with their comfort level. So you want to tell people that. You also want to articulate any kind of um, features and capabilities you have. So if you are run enabled, if you can accept electronic payments like deposits online, uh, these kinds of things, right? If you have video conferencing tools online, um, uh, for example, like like, like a Zoom or join me and you've got to, you know, you, you want to dedicate like pages for those. Um, you want to talk about that. So, you know, 50% is having these tools and these features. The other 50% is, is making sure that people are, are, they know that you have it, right? So the awareness of that. So really important to make sure that's communicated, you know, across all your channels. And when it comes to concerns around compliance and security issues within the title industry, what are some of the considerations that professionals need to, to make when they're creating their websites or working with an outsourced team that maybe isn't familiar with the industry? You touched on, you know, the woman with the title company who um, had explicit um, yeah. content posted, unfortunately. How does that also apply to, you know, constructing a website? It is really important. Like, I, I, I cannot stress the, just how, how critical it is to finding a partner that really understands the level of compliance requirements that, you know, you're under as a title agent. Um, and, there, and not only that, just it, like the business environment has really evolved um, quite a bit. And there's things out there like accessibility, right? People just think about that in terms of their physical location. There are, you know, guidelines and, and requirements now through um, the ADA that you know, requ require sites to be accessible. So what does that mean? You know, do you, are you set up for that? Um, there's lawsuits flying around for sites that aren't. So it's, it's, you know, no longer kind of a nice to have. You really have to pay attention and make sure that you're dealing with someone that understands what, uh, what's out there uh, for compliance. The other thing is security, which we hear about all the time, but it goes, it goes well beyond just a, you know, an SSL certificate on the domain. Um, you know, is it properly structured with a, a firewall? Does it have the redundancies? Is the host... SOC 2 compliant. 
Um, not many know this, but the last report I read, I don't know if they've changed this now, but GoDaddy is not SOC 2 compliant. So a lot of folks have their sites hosted on GoDaddy. So things like this that you really need to kind of dial into uh, to make sure you're checking off all the boxes. I'd say, you know, outside of the compliance and security components, you really want, you know, mileage out of your online presence, right? I mean, it is a depiction of you and your business. Oftentimes we get asked for help because the customer is really just not happy with how unprofessional they look online. You know, you walk into their office, you feel this great energy, uh, and it's a completely different feel when I look you up online. Like it's two different companies. Uh, and that's a big problem, right? Because that sometimes could be the first impression someone has of you and your business. And so we really work to try to, you know, make sure that those are, are on the same page. Well, to take that to the next level, if you're dealing with a partner that doesn't understand the ecosystem of, of the industry and the tools that are available that really should be customer facing on your site, if, if they're just sitting there waiting to be spoon fed, and that's kind of, to be honest, I mean, that's how I, I you know, that's was the genesis of us starting Title Tap. You know, I was a title agent and I was dealing with um, a vendor that just simply did not understand the industry. And so it took me, you know, well over 10 months, lots of money just spoon feeding and training this person. I got really no uh, strategic guidance or best practices or things I should consider, ideas. And that really, um, you know, you're busy enough. You've got your own job, you're spending a bunch of plates again into the month you know, files are stacking up, you've got a process, like it's not what you do. So having a partner that's familiar with what tools play nicely with a, with a front end interface like that, you know, things like a client portal, calculators, you know, uh, video content, um, you know, things like that are, are really helpful when you can kind of have it sort of packaged in one place and then get some guidance on how to best use those from a marketing perspective. What are some of the simple tips that you would give to agents who don't have much time, but also maybe lack the budget for a dedicated marketing employee or a vendor? Yeah, so, it, and that, that really depends on really where they're at with their online you know, strategy and, and what they're trying to accomplish. And for, for many people, it's, I would say, just focus on one thing. So what's, what's the one thing right now that's sort of causing you the most grief. For some people, it might be their website. For other people, it might be you know upping their uh, their social media game. For others, it might be you know I need more positive reviews. So it really is kind of determining like where you are at in that process. Um, as as a whole, you know uh, a, a quick a quick win for many businesses if if you haven't done this already is to go ahead and sign up for a lot of the directory sites and, and what I mean by that. So Google and Facebook and Yelp and BB&B, they all have business directory uh, sites and it takes a couple minutes to, to register your business. Uh, you'll put things in there like your hours, et cetera. They send you a postcard, a physical postcard, usually uh, in the mail to validate that you're an actual business. So don't throw that away. And then once you do that, uh, you're, you're registered. And what's nice about that is a lot of those sites are, are fairly, they're highly trafficked. They're, they're, they're just SEO optimized to the max. So you're going to receive a lot of that benefit. We usually recommend, you know, registering on, on at least three to five of those. Uh, if you can't come up with your own content, share the content of others, right? So if you've got someone published a really good article, 
Um, if, if you, again, you find local news sources that are really interesting, you know, sometimes just resharing that information and maybe adding your opinion or asking the, you know, the opinion of some of, of your audience, what they feel about the article is a quick and easy way to kind of get current with uh, a way that, that shares content that people care about. Also your FAQs. A lot of people, believe it or not, they underestimate the power of their FAQ list. And if you think about it, um, the frequently asked questions is really a form of keywords. And uh, what I mean by keywords, keywords are, 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 are terms that are very popular that are highly searched, um, usually in Google search. And so if you focus on your FAQs, and if you don't have one, really easy to create one. So just start taking notes, have your staff take notes uh, on the questions that come in either via email or phone conversations on a, on a weekly and monthly basis. Take a tally. I'm willing to bet you probably hear the same two or three questions a lot. Well, therein lies kind of the base for your FAQs. There's a lot you can do with that. Those could each be social media posts. Those could each be um, scripts for a, a short video on YouTube that then you could share. Uh, they could be blog posts. Uh, so in addition to being a page on your website, you've got all these other channels now that you can distribute that content in. So, and it's valuable content because, you know, if you're getting asked that same question by a handful every week or two weeks, the likelihood is there's a lot more people thinking those questions. So it's going to help a lot of your search engine results as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the FAQs. Uh, I think what a lot of people think about content creation, they think that you have to start from point zero, but there's probably a lot of content that you already have available that just needs to be repurposed in different formats, like you were saying. Uh, and also the, the, the fact that, you know, you, you can still rank on um, SEO searches, even without a website, if you're doing Google My Business, if you're, you know, keeping up with those directory links, and if you're targeting, especially local keywords as well, you know, someone's searching title company near me, Google's going to know that you're in the town that you're in. And so if you're, you know, if you've got at least Facebook and Google My Business set up, and if you are in those directories, like you mentioned, then you're still very likely to um, perhaps get on the first page of Google using that strategy as well. So um, I think definitely letting people know that there's various ways to achieve a certain goal is, is really helpful too. Yeah, uh, ab absolutely. For title sales reps, um, what are some of like the social selling tips that you would give them if they're on LinkedIn or Facebook? Going back to engaging on your customers' posts, I think if, if you up that um, engagement process, you're going to see a lot more interaction from that customer. So when they do post something beyond just liking what they're posting, and if you can actually comment, it, it, it really does uh, go a long way with you not being forgotten. Because uh, then they know you're really active on supporting what they're doing and engaging with them. So they're all look. Everyone's looking for you know that success network and, and partnership. You know it's okay to it's okay to start there. You know and then know that it might not result in an order tomorrow, but you're building that social fabric of empathy and caring, and that really is it goes a long way. Have you seen any title companies or uh, agents use things like LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups to sort of leverage this idea of you know, conversational marketing, social selling as ways to start conversation? Have you seen anybody have success with that kind of strategy? You really have to have a purpose for the group 
And you have to have someone sort of owning and proctoring the conversation and engagement. Um, the groups are great when you have that. When the ball falls a couple times, um, my experience with it is, is people tend to peter off, you know, kind of quick and a group can also die <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty fast if there's not engagement or uh, something going on. The other thing you have to be a little bit uh, protective of is you don't want to, in general, make it all about um, everyone just selling their stuff. The goal is you want those groups to produce some sort of value for the memberships that are joining. You don't want to just set up a group just to have one. You know, define what the purpose is, the mission of the group, and just make sure you've got someone that is going to own keeping it engaged and proctored and, and consistent. Right. Perhaps if you have a, a marketing team that works with you, yeah. that might be a good, a good goal to have and a good strategy. But it sounds like if you're if you're already busy. Yeah. yeah. If you're already if you're already busy, probably not the best use of time. Um, you know, but yeah, to your point, if you've got someone dedicated, like a, a marketing team or whatever, uh, they they can be very effective. And when it comes to video marketing, we know that more and more B two B decision makers are using video content and consuming video content to make their decisions. Have you seen? more interest and more participation from title professionals lately to do video? Yeah, I have. And, um, and, and again, it goes back to the, the question of content. And so that's where, when we talked about you know earlier, multi-purposing your content and FAQs being one of those. So if you think about it, I mean, you could have right now, you know, 10 uh, videos at your fingertips if you have 10 FAQs on your site, right? And the video, the videos, this is another thing that we've had to help people sort of get their arms wrapped around. It doesn't need to be like, you know, professional grade, polished, you know, it, literally flipping your, your phone on and hitting re record is fine, right? And, it's, and many times it makes you more human and those raw kind of videos tend to perform a little bit better. It's, it's all about what the goal is of the video, but yeah, I've definitely seen an, an, uh, an upswing in that. We see it not only in, in content that is being procured, you know, uh, for a particular topic, but we've also seen it in like homepages of websites. So uh, not to say, you know, static images still don't work when they're, you know, uh, high definition and they look really crisp and good, but we have seen a, a huge upswing in, in video homepages as well. What are some of the exciting new marketing strategies that you've seen developed throughout the industry? Um, I've, I've, I've heard a lot about Alana and, you know, chatbots and things like that. Have you seen much integration, much use of, of those types of things in the industry on people's websites? Yeah. So a ton, right? There's, there's, there's a ton of, of, of technology that has been sort of born um, over the past year that I think is really exciting to talk about. Kind of before I preface that, you know, I can't encourage the audience enough to just remember, like, just because you own a piece of tech, you know, that's 50%. Like the other 50% is you really have to have a communication plan to articulate the power of that technology to what that means for your customer. So Alana is awesome. Like I, the, the, those guys are great. We have a chat bot. Uh, their chat is um, slick in a conversational sense that it ties into the closing suite. So right now I believe they're integrated with Resware and I think they're working on a couple of other integrations. But what's nice about uh, what they offer is that, you know, you can, you can ask questions about your file. The chat's really good for 
that instant gratification. Sometimes, you know, the, the customer doesn't feel like they want to call or reach out just yet, and they don't want to navigate the entire website for the information they're looking for. So, you know, think of chat as almost like interactive FAQ. And we get the question all the time, like, you know, live chat versus a bot versus um, AI, et cetera. And live chat can be really tough. Um, you know, some people try to outsource that. Um, handling handling it in-house, you have to have a dedicated person to do that. So, you know, it's been difficult. Um, we've had a lot of success from customers that use um, our bot for, you know, interactive FAQ. Uh, it's scripted. If you need something tied in to the transaction a little bit deeper, that's where Nalana really can fit the bill nicely. Um, so it really just depends on where you want to, where you want to be. Uh, on our end, uh, we've got a, a really nice tuned up reviews module. So if you're looking to automate positive review sharing and uh, collaborating with other pieces of the ecosystem. So one of the things that um, our system does nicely is that it, it embeds, when, if you have a closing production suite that sends out, uh, or a CRM uh, that sends out a thank you email, uh, at the end of a transaction when the file status is closed you can embed this reviews piece in there and it'll you know if it's if it's a positive review it'll ask that user to share that uh, we integrate with social profiles like linkedin facebook google uh, bbnb if you're an attorney uh, avo martindale hubble and if it's negative it'll take it back internally and, and start that you know process of, to help you mitigate the issue um, it's all, you know, Pillar 7 compliant with all the best practices for consumer complaint resolution tracking. And the other plus is that if it's plugged in where we're, you know, hosting your site, any positive reviews will automatically be shared on your website. Um, having these systems really start talking to each other and, you know, now you've got a reviews piece that talks with the closing suite piece that talks with the website, you know, all this, this putting together uh, it really does help the agent become that much more efficient. All of that doesn't require any human intervention. You're getting the ask for the review done for you. You're getting the marketing done for you. Uh, and you're getting the tracking, if it's negative, done for you as well. And the ability to assign it to a staff member to resolve. Uh, so this is where technology can really, really win. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I like hearing that there, there are going to be a lot more options offered to consumers who are closing on a home. You know, it, it is a very relationship-driven business, real estate and title, but there are a lot of people who want to have as little human contact as possible. So if they can get their quick answer on a chatbot, I know a lot of people will definitely appreciate that. Yep. So that, that's one really great way to just like elevate your website and take it to the next level. So if you could give someone in the industry who isn't sure where to start on digital marketing, just one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say probably start where um, your audience lives. So do a little bit of research as to where most of your customers um, hang out. You know, where, what do they track? What do they follow? And sort of base some of that decision on where, that ecosystem exists, right? So if you're gonna go all in, let's say on Facebook and none of your customers really are on Facebook, it's kind of a moot point. Or they, if they're you know, more engaged on Instagram, it might even be something as, as you know, basic as, hey, I follow newsletters, right? And we find email still very effective. So maybe you have a newsletter opt-in on your website. So maybe you're focused just on your website. Get a, get a solid professional presence online. If you don't have that, that would probably be my biggest recommendation is to start there. You know, really dial into 
um, those FAQs and dial in to what's in it for the customer. Um, I always also ask like, what's the goal, right? What's the output that you're looking for and reverse engineer back to create a focus. So that, that has tend to help some people as well, kind of put some framing around where they should get started and how they should organize their focus. Great. Well, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time and for joining us today. I appreciate you sharing your insight on social media marketing for the title industry. No, it's been great. I, again, really appreciate you having me on. Um, hopefully this was helpful, you know, for folks listening in and anybody's welcome to contact me and uh, happy to help. And, and if it's just even to mind share some ideas, uh, love doing that. Thanks again to Dean for being a part of our series. If you have any questions, you can reach him at dean at titletap.com. Dean will also be joining us for our upcoming webinar on social media marketing for closing agents. That's on July 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure to register and we'll see you there. Title Talks is produced by PropLogics and myself. Original music is by Cole Sando. Original graphics are by Jordan Norris. If you have an idea for an episode, please email us at title.talks at proplogics.com. That's P-R-O-P-L-O-G-I-X.com. Until next time, happy closings.